Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Terry Talks Fiction. I'm going to start off by saying that I'm a little bit crook at the moment. I've had a head cold for the last few days, so apologies if the vocal quality of this podcast is a little bit strange. But I have some exciting stuff to talk about today because... Today we'll be talking about one of my favourite things to talk about, and that's the MCU. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know it's been finished for a little while now, but I finally got around to starting the second episode just the other night, and the same night I finished the entire series. So that probably tells you from the get-go something about what I thought about it. But today I'm really looking forward to expanding a little bit on those thoughts. And I guess the appropriate place to start would be with the first episode. Now, I watched the first episode when it was released. It was fresh off the ranks, and I couldn't wait to sit down after I enjoyed WandaVision so much to sit down and see what they were going to do with these other characters in a similar sort of vein, having a a TV series that's bridging a space of time in between the movies that they've got in the MCU canon, but using those same characters, the same actors, the same kinds of plot lines, and taking the time that a series gives to drill down into things like character and really explore how the events of the entire MCU up to this point have impacted these people and brought them to a specific place that might be, you know, particularly up or particularly down emotionally and how that relates to sort of, you know, their importance as characters in the MCU and, you know, their just their, their power level and things like that. So it was very exciting as I said, and as I mentioned in my WandaVision review, I really enjoyed seeing these characters explored in that format, in the TV serial format. And I was really, really excited to see what was going to happen here with, you know, the new Captain America. We we saw him at the end of Endgame. He, he was given the shield by, you know, Captain America, Steve Rogers, uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon. He was told, basically, take up the mantle, you know, you've earned it, you deserve it, you are the appropriate person to replace me, said Captain America, as the new Captain America. And I I remember at the time that it happened, it was really funny because there'd been a lot of scuttlebutt in the fan base on whether Captain America would pass the shield to Sam or to Bucky. And, you know, it was sort of a you know, which which side did you ship uh, kind of situation. And I really f- appreciated that that was addressed fairly early on in the series where Bucky actually s- mentioned that when Steve and I discussed this uh, about giving the shield to Sam, which when I first heard the line sort of made me think that somehow Steve had been in touch with Bucky, um, but sort of the more I thought about it, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to mean that, but it was really interesting to hear that they had had a chat about it and decided that Sam would have been, to between them they decided that Sam would have been the appropriate person 
Um, it was it was just a nice nod. Obviously, it wouldn't matter because it's fiction, and you can just make up anything for how uh, the characters would feel, so long as it, it's consistent with their characterization. And and it would have been fine, obviously, for Bucky to have just said, "Sure, great, Sam gets it." And so the first episode of the series was a real sort of roller coaster because on. As usual, I won't go into too many great spoilers for the series, but I'm presuming that if you are clicking on the title of this episode, you probably have at least seen the memes running around. And you know that for the bulk of the series, at least, Sam Wilson is not the new Captain America. Instead, the government of America very, very surprisingly turned took the turned around took the shield off the black guy and happily gave it to another white guy instead and that is the thrust of a lot of the series and it was brilliant but it made me so angry in episode 1 that i did not want to watch the rest of the series for weeks i had to wait until the entire thing was finished so i could watch it all at once and I wouldn't be left on sort of this week by week basis because you know man why I gotta do that to Sam (laughs) it was just really frustrating the poor bastard I really wanted to see him come into his own and and really you know bring his bring his particular perspective and 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 his fight and his courage to the Captain America shield and then just to see that just wrenched away from him for for racism in episode one was it was way too real it was way too believable because as soon as they did that I thought to myself well of course why on earth did I ever expect anything different and that really hurt me a white Australian it was, you know, it was honest and powerful television storytelling. And it was probably the thing that is the greatest strength, but also the greatest weakness about the entire series. I really enjoyed seeing the entire character arc, the entire character progression of the series, particularly and really specifically when it came to Sam. Because I know that the title of the series may have been the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but the Winter Soldier didn't have nearly as interesting a story arc as the Falcon did. And it's hard because it's really hard to stand up against Captain America and be as interesting a character. And you know, if you'd said that, if you'd told me 20 years ago that I would be making this statement that who can stand up as a character against Captain America, no matter what his iteration, because just the ideal of the Captain America shield and what it stands for and the person who holds it. If you'd told me that that would be something that was so important to me right now, uh, 20 years ago, I'd never have believed it. And it puts me in mind of something I heard uh Scott Kurtz, one of my favorite webcomic artists, mention 
years and years ago, years ago, right when, you know, the first Captain America movie came out, because it came out sort of broadly around the same time as Man of Steel. And Kurt, who's a lifetime Superman fan, um, which spoke to me because I grew up with the DC comics and the DC universe, and I knew nothing about Marvel until uh, well into the MCU, because I was for that, like I am for many things, a fairly late person to jump on the on the train. He mentioned that, you know, when he watched the Captain America movie, he cried, not because Captain America was such a great character, but because Captain America in that movie was a better Superman than almost any other Superman he'd ever seen in his lifetime. And I understand that statement, and I understand looking at Captain America across well, I'd say all three his iterations, but certainly his key iterations uh, that have been presented now. And I, I sort of echo that that feeling because it is something that means a lot. The idea that there is this person who is at the core, they are just a person, but they've shouldered this responsibility of, you know, in for you know capital letters doing the right thing at all costs no matter the personal cost no matter how hard it is and no matter that they may get it wrong every now and again so long as they're trying to do the right thing then things will work out in the end not perfectly but they will always work out better if they are being sort of true to themselves and the central core of wanting to do the right thing. For most of my comic reading life, that was a quality and a trait that I associated solely with Superman. He was the ideal in that regard in in comic fiction. He was the person you could always rely on to draw the line in the sand and say, no, no, we are better than this. It's not something that, you know, Batman ever had. Batman was always working in the grey areas. It's not something a lot of the other super people had. Wonder Woman was constantly crossing the line of her own moral limits. But Superman always sort of had this clear line where he would go so far but no further in the comics. But it's something that filmmakers dealing with Superman over, you know, my entire lifetime just have struggled to engage with. And it's often a thing that you hear bandied about that Superman is hard to write because Superman is boring because nobody likes anyone who's sort of all-powerful and always wins with no struggle. And the people who say that really don't understand, I guess, the core of Superman and where you place a narrative struggle for a being who has, who can punch out any opponent, you know. But it's something that everyone who has taken to writing Captain America so far has fully understood and fully exploited to its greatest potential. Because this series shows, like, Captain... Well, I was going to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series does such 
as good a job of exploring the Captain America character as Steve Rogers did in the MCU, bundled down into this six-episode arc, that it's really, really satisfying just to see that journey that and who in episode one gives back the shield that he was given because he doesn't feel like he is the right person to carry it. Two, and again, this I tried to avoid spoilers, but it's not a huge spoiler to anyone who exists on the internet to say that by the end of the series, Sam Wilson is Captain America. And he doesn't just carry the shield, but he embodies everything about the spirit that the character of Captain America is built to convey. That idea of, you know, capital J, justice, capital T, truth, you know the rest. It's really important. It's an important story to have for anyone across the globe. You know, it's why me, uh, you know, a a sort of middle-aged white Australian fella sitting, you know, at his computer at at, uh, at half past 11 in the morning Oz time, which is some probably ungodly hour of the night in America, talking about Captain America and what it means, what that character means to me. Why should I care? <laughs> it's like, Captain, where's Captain Australia? That's the guy I should be worrying about. You know, um, where's the curry bloke who's going out and standing up for things? It's, it's incredible how this sort of nationalistic ideal that is Captain America, a complete fantasy, because as the, even as this series shows, the the America that exists is not the ideal of Captain America that it tries to convey. And if America has ever been good, has ever truly excelled at anything, it has always been that they excel at marketing. And this series really doubles down on that. It takes the, the new Captain America, the, the the white guy that they give the shield, and builds him up in the first few episodes as, you know, this really great guy who actually deserves the shield, who actually has put in the work. So how can you really begrudge this poor bugger who, you know, he's just come along and and been given it. He's been given a job by the government. It's not like he's the one who decided a black guy can't have the shield. He's just, he's uh, worked hard his whole life. He's done his service for his country, he's a good bloke, you know, all those sort of things. And it's really interesting to see, you know, how then the series goes on to deconstruct what that kind of person really is like. Not even just because of unseen or unacknowledged privilege, because the show does go out of its way to remove those excuses for the white Captain America character with his his close friends, his family, it sort of peels back those layers and says, you know, even though it's clear he is still living in this space, he has no excuse for being there. 
it goes out of its way to show that he does have the capacity for critical self-reflection, but it also goes out of the way to show that where he is choosing to focus that critical self-reflection echoes into his character and the way that he is acting, and the way that, frankly, he is always going to continue to act. It's really good. It's it's one of the more subtle parts of the white Captain America character, because as I'll get to in a minute, there's not a lot of subtlety in a lot of the other parts of his characterization. But bouncing that against the way that uh, James Barnes, you know, the, the Winter Soldier, is also dealing with the ideas of critical self-reflection and overcoming his trauma uh, from when he was sent around the globe to murder people as the Winter Soldier by Hydra, it gives a really good and holistic look overall at the value of recognising and accepting what comes with yourself. And it manages to point a focus on privilege without using it either as an excuse or a crutch. Because you have both the white Captain America and the Winter Soldier, both as white guys, both as soldiers, both as people who have sort of been through some ringers, but both who, their different capacities for self-reflection have led them to very different places. And one of those, for a bulk of the series, looks a lot healthier than the other, until it doesn't. And unfortunately, the way it sort of delivers that until it doesn't is a bit of a disappointment for the series. It's what I've been referencing sort of up to this point with regards really specifically to um, the Captain America replacement. I don't remember his name. I really actually don't care who he is. So I'm I'm just going to keep calling him the white Captain America. for the purposes of this, rather than pause the recording and look him up and, and then cut this out, he's he's not that important to me. Because, and only really because, it was a weird decision to go so full ham on his fall from grace. And maybe this is a part of the problem of having it as a series, rather than having him or he and Sam share a dedicated and focused movie, which would be able to take a little bit of time. Obviously not so long in terms of screen time, because all of these characters had more screen time in across this six episode of 40 minutes series than any of them would have got in a two hour movie or maybe a three-hour movie we are talking marvel and so maybe some more time but maybe some more time could have been focused on how the pressure of being captain america is affecting him because it done it did seem he took a very long walk off a short pier into crazy seas the first introduction we get to this guy in episode two when we we get to see him talking with his wife about just just how much like away from the cameras of 
the show, like, you know, away from the the spotlight as being Captain America, he's just sitting there and he's just talking about what it means to him to be given this honour and just how he's scared of doing it wrong and he's he can see the bar that he has to live up to. It's a really good scene. And it made me feel really shitty when I went back to watch episode two because I was so angry when I saw just this white faceless white guy come out in the Captain America suit with the shield at the end of episode one, getting to know him and getting to humanize him in that entrance to episode two was really challenging because it seemed like, man, this is a really good guy. Like he's doing his best. It's not his fault. Why did I hold all this hate for him specifically before I sort of gave him the chance to step into the role and and fill it? Unfortunately, the series does turn into a bit of a, well, he turns into a bit of a comic book villain because he just so quickly goes from this guy trying to do his best to a guy who's overwhelmed by the expectations to, like, it was only one or two episodes later, he was screaming in someone's face and it seemed like it needed more time to earn that. Maybe not more time as in more episodes, just more time as in more focus on how the pressure specifically is getting to this guy. Because sharing the series across the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, the Ca- this Captain America, Peggy Carter's granddaughter, who crops up again, Baron Zemo, you know, all these, all these other characters that keep coming, the Dora Milaje, they all come in taking up screen time that doesn't give this new Captain America guy the time that he needs, the focus that he needs for us to really see that this guy who was introduced to us at the start of episode two, this guy could have had the potential to become Captain America, but didn't. Whereas Sam had the potential to become Captain America, but did, and we can see really what the difference was between these two men. Because we don't really get to see what it is about these two people that makes one Captain America and the other someone who's murdering people in the street and screaming about it incoherently and being filmed, which is not a great look for America's great marketing. And it even feels funny to say that as a criticism, because again, the rest of the series, and just the series in general, is so good. It does everything that I was really, really hoping that these Marvel series would do um, after seeing WandaVision, where it does take the time and the space to drill deeply into character and into character development. It's it's the value of doing something across an episodic series rather than a movie where 
the scenes that cut so quickly in a modern movie between you get you might get sort of 30 to 40 seconds in a scene before you're cutting off to some other action element or you're cutting off to some other planet where something else is happening with the other characters or the villain getting the time just to marinate in these developing character emotions is so good and so valuable bringing characters in like Baron Zemo who was similar you know in regards to the entire scope of the MCU is such a sort of a bit villain he he hardly even appears in the movie he's a villain in because for the most of that the focuses again on the winter soldier and on the battle between tony and cap so getting the chance to sort of reutilize those people reutilize sharon carter reutilize a whole lot about the world and bring in all of the current socio-political stuff that is going on having people like isaiah the black super soldier who became a super soldier because he was experimented on without his consent while in the military, which is something that we know actually happened to soldiers in that time period that we're talking about. The idea of being told you're getting a tetanus shot and being shot up with something else and then dropped into a jungle somewhere so so they could see how you would perform when you're like tripping balls on LSD or something. You know, that that shit happened. And it's really, really interesting to see that being addressed in this fictional series and, you know, being used to build a bigger and more realistic and, and more tragically realistic world around these fantastical characters and dealing with the, like, the erasure of black people in American society and you know that very powerful moment where Isaiah says to to Sam you know they would never let a black man become Captain America and even if they did no self-respecting black man would accept it it's so powerful because at one time people said the exact same thing about the American presidency for the exact same reasons and while I have to admit, uh, you know, there's certainly part of the viewer who is going to roll their eyes a little bit and agree with the British terrorist who says, oh, really, you bought into all that bullshit <laughs> at the end. It's still something that's really exciting to see explored through the arc of this series. And it does make it feel so much more impactful when you see Sam Wilson as Captain America by the end, and knowing now that the next Avengers movie, whenever it comes out, is just going is just going to have, you know, Captain Falcon America, and knowing that the skip for people who haven't seen the series between seeing Sam receive the shield in Endgame and then seeing him carrying the shield in Avengers 2.0 is it's not going to be a leap, it's not going to be hard to understand, but the additional context for anyone who has seen the series, it fills in all the required character 
gravitas that you need to be able to sell that role, to sell that role in the movie. It's a really clever use of blending the strengths of the movie and the series formulas. And it's something that, you know, I'm sure I don't speak for everyone, but I'm sure I can speak for most of us when we say it's something that science fiction and fantasy fans have been waiting for for decades. I feel like my entire life I've been devouring every extended universe thing I can ever find about my favourite franchises and always being disappointed when the really exciting and really fabulous character development stuff that goes on in all of those is just completely ignored by the next step in the major series arc, whether that's sort of a, in movies or in in novels uh, that don't account for the you know the comic book tie-in things and stuff like that. And commercially, it makes absolute sense, and you understand why. But now that the world has changed and people are streaming stuff at home all the time and people have more access to more television than they've ever had through licensing. Like, I mean, in Australia, if you didn't have Foxtel uh, for the, for pay TV things, you you had nothing. You had just what was on the the four channels that we had for most of the most of my life and most of that life included you know some sort of pay tv in some form it was so prohibitively expensive when i was a child that you know it was the sort of thing that only rich people had you know, coming in from satellite from places like the us but now it's it's so much more democratized now that you can you can do this you can take the actual characters and the actual plots that are appearing in the actual movies and develop them further in a series so that they feed into each other you know, and doesn't become a Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's allowed to exist in the same universe as long as no one ever references it in the movies or like, you know, like the Netflix Marvel series where well, where was Daredevil and Jessica Jones uh, at the fight with Thanos, why wouldn't Doctor Strange have brought them in? Because they don't exist. Because no one no one in the MCU can afford to acknowledge that those things are real because what? It legitimizes them or something? I've never understood. And I'm so glad to see that this approach now seems to be just just breaking that mold that we've been living in that's been restricting us for decades and letting these characters really explore themselves in a series and get to a point that in the next movie they appear in, they will have all that additional context and depth for the people that have seen those series. It's super cool. It's super encouraging. And on top of all of that, it was a super great storyline as well. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a great series. There, I've barely touched on a third of the things I wanted to say about it. You know, even just the, even just the plot, the narrative was was really interesting. 
it was so hammy and so comic booky at some at, in places that I was just giggling because of the just how ludicrous it was, and yet it sold itself to me. And so I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it as well. Did you really enjoy it like I did? Did you find those sort of the political elements in it uh, too confronting? I, you know, as <laughs> as Stanley himself uh, quite often said, you know, if you if you think that comic books aren't being political, then uh, you don't understand comics. Uh, what do you think about it when it goes to a, to a TV series? Should it be the same? I'd really love to hear some comments uh, and some perspectives on it and really dig deep into what you liked and what you didn't uh, about the series. So please hit us up on the Terry Talks Fiction or the Talking Fiction Discord channel uh, or on the Facebook website or anywhere else that you see us. In the, I'll link a few places to get in touch in the show notes of this episode. I really look forward to talking about this one with you guys because it was it was really fun. Um, like I said, I devoured almost the entire thing in a single night. So it, it was something that really struck home with me. And just the character of Captain America, even to this Australian, is such an important thing for us to have in our fiction but if you disagree with me on that I'd love to hear the reasons why uh, and really love to enter a discussion into that so please get in touch and until next week I hope you read watch or game some really great fiction and I look forward to talking about it with you again soon